Do you find that your salon staff often works paycheck to paycheck and they kind of have a poverty mentality that you just can't crush? Well, watch today's show. Our special guest today is going to help you crush that poverty mentality once and for all. Salon owners are some of the most amazing people on planet Earth. The only problem is sometimes their hearts are so big and they give so much of themselves to their staff and guests that it creates unintended consequences. Our goal is to change the industry by elevating the way the rest of the world sees salons, spas, and barbershops and give it the credibility that it truly deserves. This is the Salon Owner Evo Revo Show. Today's podcast is brought to you by Salon Scale, allowing you to charge by what you know, not by what you feel. What's going on, everybody? It's Jason and Doug. What's going on, Doug? How's it going? Dude, it's a good day today. Um, we were talking about earlier, like, what would be a really good show? We're like, what would be an amazing show that people would get a lot of value out of? And we've just realized that like in the salon industry in general, there's a lot of people that kind of get stuck in this mentality of like, well, I took this career because, you know, I like it more than other jobs. And I, I, I got in this industry not because I wanted to make a lot of money, but because I just love people and I love hair. And it kind of creates this poverty mentality. And today we're going to we're going to blow that out of the water today. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, you're you're. Your mentality has nothing to do with your income. I think that's something. I hopefully we can kind of point some of those things out today. But your, your where your mentality is has everything to be where your income is going to be and where your lifestyle is going to be. So I mean, it's like sometimes people are making you know six figures and still have a poverty mindset. Uh, it, it's just the oh, way they go. Same same guys making ten dollars an hour and the guys making you know fifty dollars an hour and they both have a poverty mindset. That's what holds you back. So we're going to talk about that and how you shift that that then really opens up the way that you think no matter where you are financially uh, can help you yeah. get to where you want to be. Yeah, so whether you're a salon owner or you're a stylist or anywhere between or you have a bunch of stylists that you need to say, look, I just want to get people to be motivated to get things accomplished. We've got an extra special guest all the way from Australia today uh, that is a wealth coach, guidance expert, guru in all things wealth and lifestyle. And I, I hope that as we bring him on the show today, you guys tune in, pay attention and get out your notepads because you're going to learn a lot about wealth, a lot about money. And no matter how much you make, to Doug's point, whether you got a lot of zeros attached or just a few zeros attached, we're going to help you make a heck of a lot of money by changing your mindset today. Please welcome to the show, Jackson Milan. What's up, Jackson? How are you, man? Hey, Good day, guys. Good to see you. Dude. Thanks for Good having me on the show. Too. Dude, thanks for being here. What part of Australia are you in, just so we all know? I'm currently on the lovely northern beaches, so we're about 30 minutes to the north of Sydney CBD and uh, a place called Mona Vale. So I live in the Dude. dream here. So rough, such a rough part of the world, and uh, I, I'm so sorry that you have to suffer down there in those gorgeous, amazing beaches. And I know you are a lifestyle expert and guru. I know you like to get out and enjoy everything that life has to offer and, and just enjoy it based upon finances and income. You're able to actually go out and just do whatever you want when you want, which I absolutely love, dude. So thanks for taking some time out to be here and do the show with us today. It's a pleasure. I'm really looking forward to sharing some value and just getting people out of that kind of scarcity mindset and thinking abundantly so they can uh, create the life of their dreams. 
Dude, I love it. So what, Jackson, what is it? Because again, whether you make $100, $100,000, or a million dollars, there are still people who kind of get stuck in this poverty mindset. Where does that come from? And why do people start freaking out as their income grows and they start, you know, they, they save everything? Like, help, help me understand, what are some of the traps and pitfalls that you've seen? Yeah, there's some significant challenges that most people face around money, and we call it understanding the language of money. Because when we, we look back to our, our experiences around money, the, our, our experience with money are typically very subjective. We typically don't learn a lot about money from school. We normally learn about money from either our, our first-hand observations of what our parents have done or our family members have done when we were young, or our own first-hand experiences as we kind of navigate through the real world. And this can sometimes lead us to have sometimes some really great habits and behaviors, but sometimes some really bad habits and behaviors. And I know that my own first-hand experience, like my parents were, were business owners. My mum was actually a hairdresser. She tried to, to scale a salon and she struggled every single step of the way. She was a phenomenal stylist, um, award-winning, but being a good stylist and a good technician doesn't necessarily mean that you're a good business owner, right? True. And True. she always struggled for every dollar that she earned. And my old man was a, a business owner. He tried his hand at all the businesses you could possibly imagine, but just really never stuck to anything for long enough to see success. And one of the things that they told me when I was when I was younger was, Jackson, if you want to be successful in life, you've got to work hard for it. Right. And these were people who worked 16 hour days for as long as I could remember. And if what they told me was true, they would have been squillionaires, but they weren't. They had to work incredibly hard for every single dollar that they had. And I realized yeah. pretty early on that there was something missing. So it was through my own curiosity of trying to break this cycle to be the catalyst for change for kind of future generations that I actually went down this road of discovery to realize that just most people don't have a good relationship with money. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, if you can relate to that, if you've got, you know, if you've been in that situation before and you can kind of, you know, relate to like, look, my parents didn't teach me about it. School didn't teach me about it. Beauty school certainly didn't teach me about it. Just like Jackson's mom. You can relate to that. Do me a favor and just comment, relate. Also, do me a favor, drop in the comment section where you're on the line from. What part of the world are you in? I asked Jackson, but I wanted to ask every one of our viewers to type in where you're on the line from. And Doug, what do you want to ask about this situation too? Because I think you see it inside your salons and barbershops all the time. And again, you see it with all the owners sometimes that come into our program. What do you want to know about this subject? I'd say, what are the key things that we need to, or the, the conversations that we need to be having with them that's going to help them shift that? Because to your point, they, they didn't get it in school and they probably got the wrong information from uh, who they grew up around. So yeah. what would be the conversation or resources you think we should point people to? Great yeah, I think question. the first thing that we can do here, guys, is that we need to break down the taboos around money. Because mm. like actually ask yourself, like, who do you talk openly and honestly about money with? Like some people don't even talk to their significant other about money. So right. if you can't speak to your significant other, if you can't speak openly and honestly, not just about your wins financially, but also about, about the things that you haven't done well, your shortfalls, the things that aren't working for you, it means that those situations and experiences have power over you because you're too embarrassed to even bring them to the surface to deal with them. So what we do is we firstly go through an exercise with our, our private clients that we call mapping out your money memories. And there's basically five key stages that we develop money memories in our life. And this mm. can be a phenomenal exercise, a team building exercise where you can sit down with your team or sit down with your significant other and actually work through this in, as a bit of a workshop, share okay. these things openly and honestly with each other and then start moving past them. Cool. Yeah, so, Dude, and you can cover these five. Yeah, because my thought is for you guys as salon owners, 
is that you can do this in a team meeting and start bringing up and having these conversations because they're probably not having them at home. They're probably not having them with their friends. And so a great way to do that is look, they're all side by side with each other regularly anyway. How about we bring that money conversation into the salon? So yeah, what are these five, Jackson? This is awesome. Yeah, so the first one is what we call school you. So this is typically a money memory that has come up between the ages of about four and 18. This is where you, 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 you're a child, you've typically observed a money a money behavior or something that's happened, or you've had an experience around money yourself. And it's typically this first memory that jumps to mind between those ages. Now, I know for me, I was around about 10 years old. And I remember coming home from school of an afternoon, and then I saw on the kitchen table, there was a pile of unopened bills. Now, at 10 years old, I didn't really quite understand what a bill was, but I knew that it was wrong. And I challenged my mum on it. I said, mum, why haven't you opened those bills? And she immediately said, Jackson, I already know it's inside. There's no point opening them. But that was a pivotal moment for me. Interesting. The second one is real world you. So this is when you became an adult. It's normally when you left home or maybe you got your first job, you had this kind of smack in the face of what it was to be an adult. So once again, for me, it was my first paycheck. I thought I was gonna be rolling in it. I thought I was gonna get this, this great paycheck and get finally get like adult money. And then I finally realized how much the tax man actually takes. <laughs> um, and that was a, a harsh reality for me. I'm sure many people can relate to that. Yeah. The next one is street fighter you. So this is mainly applicable to those of you who are business owners or are in a commission-based role or have like kind of high level of incentive. This is when you backed yourself to go out on your own and to give it a real crack at trying to be the, the master of your own destiny, right? Mm. But as we know, the business or going into self-employment or going into a commission-based role is not all kind of sunshine and lollipops. And sometimes we realize, oh crap, like we've got ourselves into a little bit of a sticky situation. I've maybe bitten off more than I can chew. The big one there for me was when I started my first business, I went to submit my first tax return and then I got a surprise with a $50,000 tax bill. And my accountant said, hey, congratulations, Jackson, here you go. Um, make sure that you pay that on time. And I'm like, wow, I haven't been prepared for this. So that was a, yeah. a, a difficult situation. A fun surprise, 50 grand extra taxes. Exactly. Now, fourth one is growth you. This is where you really hit your strides. You hit your strides in your career. You hit your strides in your business. You could kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel. You go, wow, I can see that I'm actually onto a good thing. Like things are starting to fall into place. I can see the opportunity here. And then the last one is current you. Look back on those last four stages, school you, real world you, street fighter you, and growth you, and look at the patterns and, and consistencies that have continually presented themselves over those various stages of your life. And ask yourself, are you happy with your current trajectory and do you believe that that trajectory is going to allow you to create what you define as financial freedom? Dude, this is good. This is super good. And by the way, we've got to take a quick break. When we come back, can we talk about, Jackson, how do you actually take some implementation steps and what would be some tips that you would give on um, how would you actually do this as a team meeting to make sure that we get the most out of it when we come back? So we're going to take a quick break. Uh, we'll be right back after this short commercial break. Hey, HPSA listeners. Let me ask you this, are you tired of not knowing what your hair color is costing you on every appointment and watching it chew up your profit? Well, with Salon Scale, we take the guesswork out for you. Using a mobile app paired with a Bluetooth scale, Salon Scale will tell you exactly what your color is costing you on every bowl mix down to the ground. 
as you mix salon scale will also digitally store your formulas and track how much product is being used in real time so you can manage your inventory cover your expenses and generate more profit in your salon use promo code hpsa10 to get 10 percent off an annual subscription salon scale the new standard for mixing color welcome back to the show we're on talking with jackson milan about creating wealth inside your salon spa. How do you get rid of the poverty mentality that sometimes you can either have as an owner or you can have as your business partner or you maybe have as your staff that they're trying to figure out how they can grow their living paycheck to paycheck and we wanna make sure that we get people growing. He was just covering the five areas uh, that you need to examine, kind of your money memories that we were talking about. And Jackson, you mentioned these five. Can you just repeat them real quick one more time through all five and let's talk about um, you know, why it's so important to examine these. Definitely. So we've got school you between the ages of four and 18. We've got real world you when you went out into the real world and became an adult. We've got mm -hmm. street fighter you when you backed yourself to either start your own business or go into a commission based role. We've got growth you where you started to hit your strides and could see the opportunity of all your hard work. And then we've got current you looking at the trajectory of all of these previous versions of you of how they've led you to where you are now and whether you're on the right trajectory to create what you define as financial freedom. Got it. Got it, got it. And what happens if you still, what happens if you're still in real world you, or you're still in Street Fighter you, and you don't feel like there is a growth you yet? How do you handle that? Yeah, that's a really good point, mate. I think the key part here is just acknowledging where you're at. One of the biggest problems for most people, what gets in the way of them being able to create financial freedom, or more importantly, escape the harsh reality of some of the situations that they might be in, is actually acknowledging where they are. Like it was famously said by Winston Churchill is that those who fail to learn from history are bound to repeat it. And many people wonder why there's this vicious cycle of the same situations and outcomes that constantly present themselves. And like, wow, why does this always keep happening to me? And it's typically because we haven't taken the time to reflect, understand and identify the, the reasons why these outcomes are presenting themselves and then implementing the right strategies and tactics that allow us to change that trajectory for the better. Hmm. Like it, dig it, dig it, dig it. So how do you, how do you take these ideas? I mean, once you know, like, okay, so I've got these money, money memories, and how do you deal with it? How do you, how do you change it? What are some steps you can take to, to start switching these up? Yeah, the the key thing we need to do here, guys, is we've got to realize your your work, whether you're a business owner and you're trying to grow your salon, or whether you're employed in a salon and you're earning an income, your business or your job is just a vehicle we should not blindly focus on the income that you make or the profit that you make or your revenue in your business. Those are vanity metrics. Those things okay. don't necessarily matter. Like no one's motivated by getting out of bed in the morning and saying, I want to earn $100,000 this year. And like, that's not what matters. It's what that $100,000 a year or whatever that number might be for you does for you. Mm -hmm. So we firstly need to define the destination. We need to take the time to actually park the income the income goal for now and actually ask ourselves, what do you want? Like, what are your goals, dreams, and aspirations? And there's three questions that you can ask yourself. Question number one is ask yourself, what is fundamentally important to you? Or what are your non-negotiable needs? So what are the necessities that you need to have? So do you want to make sure you've got a roof over your head for you and your family? Do you want to make sure that you can pay the bills without stress and anxiety? Do you want to make sure that you can send your kids to a good school? Like, What are those non-negotiables, the things that you are not willing to compromise? And just mm. list out, keep asking yourself that same question until you can't think of anything else to put down. 
Then put yourself in a position where all of your fundamental needs have been met. You live them week to week, month to month. They don't cause you any stress or concern. Then ask yourself, being in that position, what would then become your goals, dreams, and aspirations? So maybe you want to buy a nice house. If you want to buy a nice house, where is it? How much does it cost in today's market? How many bedrooms does it have? How much deposit do you think you'd need? By when do you want to have it paid off? Or if you want to go on holidays, how many weeks a year? Where do you want to go? How much is that going to cost you? Get as clear and as detailed as you possibly can around your dreams and aspirations because the only thing between, difference between a dream and a goal is a plan. And we can't mm -hmm. plan for things that we don't have complete clarity around. Totally. And question number three is considering each of those goals, dreams, and aspirations, what is the significance of achieving those goals, dreams, and aspirations to you? So if you want to have a four-bedroom house in Sacramento and you want to buy it in five years' time and have it paid off in 15, what is the significance of that goal to you? Why is it important? Mm-hmm. Got it. Doug, what, what are some of your thoughts about how we could do this? Like, what, what, how could you work this into a meeting? I mean, that's so why would you recommend? Say, you've got 45 minutes, uh, Jackson, you got 45 minutes to be able to do this part of the meeting. Uh, so, uh, like, probably around these three questions, uh, what elements do you think would be important to get there? And then, like, what would be um, a desired homework or result to get people moving in a direction yeah, yeah great question i often find because we work with a lot of business owners and business owners are often frustrated by the fact that they can't find the motivators to push their team to be to reach their fullest potential right and like actually getting their team members engaged in these kinds of exercises can sometimes be challenging and what we're going to realize is that vast majority of people want to do the right thing. They want to work hard. They want to be a valued member of the, of the team, but they need to understand that you actually have a vested interest in them. So the most, if we're doing this for the first time, like maybe this kind of questioning might come a little bit, like come across as a little bit strange. Like, why yeah. is my boss asking me about my, my goals, dreams, and aspirations, and like the house that I want to live in, or asking me about my money memories when I was a kid? And I think the most powerful tool that you can have as a facilitator of these is the appropriate pre-framing of explaining the why this is significant, why you're doing this, why you're integrating this into these team meetings. And secondly, be willing to share openly and honestly first. Like think back to our conversation. When I gave you the examples of those money memories, I also gave you a very intimate experience and look into my firsthand experiences. And I did that as a way of you being able to not only see maybe some potential memories as a trigger, so you go, oh, actually, I had a similar situation, but it also builds trust and rapport that I've yeah. invested in our conversation. So then the expectation is that you're going to, to step up to the plate and do the same. So the two things you can do is pre-frame appropriately of why we're actually doing this and what's the objective, and mm -hmm. then be willing to share as openly as you expect your team to share back for you. Okay, so I so I think you hit a really good point in here is make sure that when you do this, you've actually answered these questions first, you've been through the exercises, you've already done it, and then that way you can figure out like what do you want to frame up is like, hey, here's where, you know, here's what my example was is my school version of me or my real world version. And like I remember graduating from beauty school and then I remember when I first got this and then I remember when I first started the business and I got my first surprise 
you know, I had to cover payroll out of my own bank account in order to make sure that I covered for everybody. And then here's now where I'm at and where I want to grow to. Doug, you've said this over and over again is like, I'm in the business of growing people. I just happen to use hair to do it. And I think that's really important for this framework. Would you add anything else to this team meeting from your end that you think would make it clean for a, a salon owner? Well, I think you know, to that point of getting people to understand that your goal for them being in your business is to help them realize their dreams. Uh, because mm -hmm. most of the time, I think people don't get that. They think that they're here to help me get my dreams. But there are mine and my wife's, uh, Alice's thing is that we want to help because we know if we can help this group of people achieve their dreams, then our dreams happen by default. Right. Uh, so I think it's very important in setting that context from the beginning of their employment. I think that does help make these types of meetings easier. And when you're sharing, it's like, because you know, there is the paradigm where it's like, I'm the owner, you're the workers, and we'll forever be separate, uh, which I think mm -hmm. is, is not a good model. I think it's like, how do we bring that together? I'm here. I would love to bring you here. I would love to bring you here and past me. Uh, so, you know, you want to have those conversations and, and, and live in that experience. So how do we use the things that are around us? in order to achieve that. So I think setting that context in general in your business is really sets up one of these meetings. Because otherwise, to Jackson's point, it can be very weird if, if you were just having very you know, rudimentary, this is what you need to know from this meeting thing and me telling you stuff, as opposed to me actually talking about uh, where you want to go with your life. So big shift. Yeah, Jackson, I got a question for you because I, I this has happened in a lot of situations is there's a lot of times where there's kind of like a money shaming thing that happens inside salons. And what I mean by that is I had a client one time, uh, a long time ago, that she actually had a different car that she would drive to work to the salon in than she would drive around in her regular day-to-day -day because yeah. she never wanted people in her salon to know how much money she had. She never wanted people to know, oh, you've got all this money, so therefore I want to be paid more. Talk to me about that because this, this is a total radically different approach than like, don't ever tell anybody how much money you make, uh, keep it to yourself and don't bring it up. So how do you transition from like, you know, I know we got a, only a couple minutes left here, but what would you say about this money shaming part of it? This is, I've seen this a lot and it comes down to the culture that you create and foster in your organization. And if mm -hmm. you've got that kind of culture, I think you really need to have a hard conversation. If that culture is conducive to you actually achieving the level of success that you want, and I know personally, if I, if I was in that kind of situation where I had to kind of hide my success from my team to keep up the appearance that I, I wasn't doing so well so that I would get the best out of them, that would be extremely exhausting for me. Um, right. I've had the view that I have a, a completely open book policy with all of my team. My team know exactly how much I earn, what income comes into our business, what we spend money on, our future plans, as do we have a, a complete insight of exactly what each of our team members, even our offshore team in the Philippines, we know exactly what they're trying to achieve and we want to be a steward in their success. We want to be an architect in the plan and we want to be a mentor to help them realize that plan, even if that means that they have to exit our business at some point in the future. Because I think it's pretty selfish for us to think that our team members are going to be with us forever, right? right. And I think it's our job to put them in a better situation for them to have the best possible opportunity of them realizing their true potential. And if we are doing that, then and we do, we create that stance, then we should attract the right people into the business that also want to have a, that 50-50 partnership. They understand that we're going to invest in them, so they want to invest in us and, and our business. So right. if you are in that position where you don't feel like you you can share that openly, and so you're having to drive a, a, a 1982 beat out Daewoo Lanos to, to the salon every day because you, you don't want your team to know, I think you really need to reevaluate who in your business is poisoning the values that you want to have 
and you need to work to get them out or you need to mentor them to turn their turn their act around um, because once again that's an exhausting and and often like a very toxic environment to work in um, and i think the problem here is when most team members like they think of the owner most team members who haven't had a business for their own they think that we're rolling in it right they don't understand all of the costs and things that go into actually running a business so this is an education exercise like to actually help them understand how difficult it is to run a business particularly how difficult it is to run a profitable business so mm -hmm. if we can help educate them around that i think they'll have a deeper level of respect if they're the right people got it yeah and i would just say you know this isn't cold turkey like don't go from not talking about numbers at all to all of a sudden just be like hey if you guys want to see the p l like let's just jump into this but I, I think i think the goal really becomes like how do you create a culture where that's shared and discussed i mean i've seen salons that are commission salons where they don't even talk about each other's numbers between staff members and other staff members because they want they don't want anybody to know what commission percentages you're making or whatever which is what you know doug and i teach as far as you know building up and utilizing your own custom version of a level system that gets built inside of a salon so they know what their graduated scale that they're moving through uh, and creating. And this is the other thing I want to leave you guys with this thought on today's podcast about creating this, this idea of, you know, well shaming and, and making sure that this poverty mindset goes away is that if your staff members think that the only thing about owning a salon is that you're, you work really, really hard and you barely make any money, whether that's true or not, meaning that hopefully that's not the case. But whether that's true or not, why would they ever want to buy into your salon? Why would they want to continue to invest in their future? They're just going to end up leaving if they don't see that the path to the future is them growing in wealth through understanding what it is that you're making, what you're doing. Doug, any closing thoughts, man, as we wrap the, the podcast today? No, I, th I think to your point, you start having the conversation, but ease into it if this isn't the model that you've been following. But I do think it's a very yeah. powerful model wherever you start to head down this road so you have those conversations. And to Jackson's point, I think you're going to enjoy your business more if this is the the model that you adopt. That's right. Awesome. Jackson, great information. I love the five the five uh, used to examine. I love the three questions. Guys, I hope you'll use that in a team meeting. Do me a favor and comment team meeting if you're going to use it in a team meeting in the upcoming future because I think just even having that conversation and bringing a level of awareness to it will forever change how your team sees income and how they see growth. So Jackson, thank you so much for being on. What's a great place that people can find you and look for additional resources and tools and things like that just as we're wrapping the podcast? Yeah, so I'm going to give you guys a link to chuck in the show notes so you'll get access to a free copy of my book, um, which is uh, Enjoy the Journey, Creating Wealth and Living the Life that You Desire. Um, feel free to add me on social media, search me on Facebook, search for me on Instagram, The Wealth Mentor. And uh, we've also got a, uh, a free Facebook group, Six and Seven Figure CEOs, Turning Business Profit into Wealth. Um, so I'd love nice. to share some resources with you guys and uh, help you get on the right path for financial freedom. Yeah, well, I'd love it. And again, if you guys can check out more information at Jackson Milan uh, by searching on Google and on Facebook, we'll also include it in the link uh, for the show and put it down in the comments. Jackson, thanks so much for being on. And thank you, every single one of you, for helping increase your wealth by watching today's Evo Revo show. Take care, guys. Thanks for listening to the Evo Revo podcast. Today's podcast was brought to you by SalonScale, allowing you to charge by what you know, not by what you feel. Please subscribe. Leave us a review and you can always get more information, including show notes and the video episodes at EvoRevoPodcast.com.